This is Kerry Willis. He's the pastor of the Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Came all the way to preach and to be a part of this meeting. John and John's wife, I've forgotten her name, are so glad that he's here. Just so glad he's here. And he's going to minister the word to us. Well, I felt a little bit like I'd come back home today. Especially when I saw Dr. Warrington walk in. It's a joy to be here on campus, and it's my first visit to the chapel. I was here when they broke ground, and haven't been back since. It's a real joy to be here and see some of you, a lot of new faces, too. Um, I love traveling on an airplane. It is my favorite mode of transportation. Uh, since I became a Christian, I enjoy it a lot more. Um, <laughs> I will say that. You can learn a lot on an airplane if you pay attention, you know. Just have to sort of pay attention. And, you know, Sunday comes every Sunday, and I have to pay attention because I've got to share something with folk. And uh, I, I, this really doesn't have a lot to do with the sermon, but maybe it does. Um, this is what they feed you. Uh, it reminds me of some sermons I've heard, and I hope, I hope, hope not tonight. But uh, uh, I thought of a scripture verse when they started passing these out. Um, I was hungry, and you teased me. <laughs> uh, the thing I really can't figure out is that's what they feed you, and in the little place in front of you. I don't know. I just had to share that. I, I feel like you got to share stuff like that. That ought to challenge all you preachers. Give them the full load. If you have your New Testament copy of the Scripture, I'll ask you to turn to the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. This morning I shared a part one of this little spontaneous series. Uh, I never really gave the title, but the official title was uh, The Invitation. Uh, I guess you could call it The Call. And I spoke from Luke chapter 5 in the first 11 verses. And uh, it's on obedience. Uh, tonight I want to talk to you about the preparation after the invitation, and uh, not the call, but the squall. <laughs> and I don't know how many of you know what a squall is around here, but that's kind of like a, just shy of a hurricane where I come from, which is the coast of North Carolina. I want to share, beginning in verse 35, this is... Other than the resurrection, this is probably my favorite story in the whole New Testament. Just because it speaks of my heritage, and I'll share that as we go along. Let's stand and for the reading of the Word of God. And um, I'm a little bit sentimental here tonight uh, because of Professor Charles Baldwin passing away this year. 
Um, he was uh, a real fireball, <laughs> and uh, I miss him. But uh, just uh, saw that grandfather clock coming in and knew that he probably had something to do with the placement of that. So tonight I just, uh, just want to say how much I appreciate the investment uh, that people like Brother Baldwin made in my life. I heard that he was worried holiness wasn't being preached anymore, you know, in the churches. So I mailed him a letter a year or two ago and told him holiness was alive and well in Harrisonburg, Virginia. He wrote me back a long rambling thank you. <laughs> but, uh, Brother Baldwin, if you didn't know him, you'll meet him someday. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Father God, Abba Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, the peace speaker the great eye of the storm, the great I am of the storm. Tonight I pray that if there are any squalls underway, that we will hear his voice and know that he is near. In Christ's name, amen. Be seated. It was July the 4th, 1987, my two brothers and, and I had convinced our dad, who was a shrimp boat captain, to turn the family fishing boat into a family party boat for one day. <laughs> Takes a lot of persuading to get dad to do that because whenever the boat leaves the harbor, he feels like he's working. <laughs> but we did convince him and we loaded up the vessel and our three and a half month old baby boy was with us. And we headed across uh, the body of water there behind our home called the Back Sound. And we made our way over toward the ocean and into what is called the Hook. It's a harbor uh, that sits right beside the Cape Lookout Lighthouse, uh, which is the one that has the diamond pattern on it, in case you're wondering. And we dropped anchor there that day. It was a wonderfully, a wondrously beautiful day. Uh, just perfect, and uh, we had set up some ladders, you know, rope ladders where we could jump off the boat and, you know, swim with the stingrays and the sharks for a while and then back into the boat. We had big picnic packed. It was a great day, about as much fun as Christians are allowed to have. 
And uh, <laughs> we just had a lot of fun. Well, the day was coming to an end, and, uh, and Dad looked at us, and he said, uh, let's go home. And he started the boat, and we headed back across the sound. I want to bring you back to that story at the close so none of you will leave on me. And uh, that's known as a cliffhanger for a long sermon, so relax. <laughs> Let's look at this story that is sort of like the story I've just told you about. I don't know how many of you have had the privilege to visit the Sea of Galilee. I've been there twice, was just there this year and going again um, in the fall. Uh, it's a real special spot if you love Jesus and you believe the Bible to be true, and I say yes on both of those. <laughs> but uh, the first time we went, uh, I was so excited. We had a room there uh, in the Caesar Hotel, and uh, I couldn't sleep all night. Uh, I was so excited. We, we slept with the door open, so the salt, and I thought it was salt at least, but the air could blow in off the, the lake. And uh, I would get up every once in a while in the dark and just run out on the balcony and just breathe in and breathe out. Kind of like I do here, but I'm just trying to catch my breath here. <laughs> you should see me preach in Virginia, buddy. I'd be running from one side to the other, but I'm just trying to breathe here. And uh, maybe a good thing, you know, some of you might get saved. But... Um, I would just go out on that balcony and just breathe in and breathe out. I couldn't wait for daylight. I was like a kid waiting for Christmas morning. And uh, sure enough, the next morning, we had a tour planned out on the Sea of Galilee. Now I'm the son of a fisherman, and I'm in love with the fisher of men, women, boys, and girls, Jesus. And it doesn't get much closer to heaven than that. I had managed on this trip to camouflage the fact that I was a pastor, which was my goal, so I could just be a Christian, you know, <laughs> for just one day or two, and, and somebody let the cat out of the bag. But uh, anyway, we, we got on this wood boat to sail out into the Sea of Galilee, and the name of the boat was the Hallelujah Boat. Now, does it get any closer to heaven on planet Earth than to be on the Sea of Galilee in the Hallelujah Boat? And we got out to the center of that body of water, and they cut the engines off, and our, our guide, Dr. Randy Smith, did a great job. He preached from this scripture, and I'll tell you, I was about, I was about had it. He told us of an African-American uh, congregation he had had the, the week before, and a big storm came up while they were out there preaching, and he said they got so blessed. You know, they said they didn't know we were about to drown, he said, but we about tipped the boat over. Uh, but we had a calm day, and uh, it was a wonderful day, and I lost myself in the story, and all of a sudden, I heard someone saying, Reverend Willis, would you pray for us? And I came to my senses and uttered some kind of prayer that I certainly wouldn't have prayed on the Sea of Galilee. I'd have written one, you know, if I didn't know. But uh, this story just came alive for me like never before. What I want to look at in the story just for, just for a few moments, are the questions that are asked. Have you ever done that with this passage? Just, just look at the questions in this little story. Uh, if you look down uh, 
You know, Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure it got on the nerves of Peter and some of the others. And uh, he's sleeping like a baby back there in the back of the boat. And they're in a hurricane. And he's just snoring. Um, and have you all ever wondered how could Jesus sleep in this situation? Well, he knew who was pushing his swing, baby. Uh, he knew who was in charge. And uh, when we're in a storm, you know, we can rest too if we remember who it is that's in control. Uh, I love the saying that says anything given to God's control is never out of control. And Jesus knew that. And uh, the disciples were still learning. That's why they're called disciples. Uh, fully devoted followers of Jesus. And uh, he was trying to prepare them for ministry. And uh, the invitation had happened. They left their nets on the shore earlier, you know. And, but now they, they are going from the lecture to the laboratory. And uh, it's just, a, just an awesome idea when you first take a look at it. But the, uh, the first question that, that comes is, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? <laughs> Have you ever asked God, don't you care about me? I'm sure that you're more spiritual than I am, but I'll tell you, there have been a few times in my life when I was pretty sure that he wasn't paying attention to my situation. And, uh, and they look at Jesus, and they, the first thing they ask him is, don't you care? I don't think that question particularly put Jesus in a great mood. I mean, if you stop and think about it, do you care? As a matter of fact, I don't think he had a particularly awesome attitude when he said, peace be still. I, I don't like to be woke up. And, uh, you know, especially when I'm getting a good sleep. Every once in a while, my wife shakes me and says, roll over, you're snoring. And that just bothers the daylights out of me. Um, I don't feel particularly like preaching a sermon at that moment, but she gets a little bit of preaching anyway sometimes. Um, I, don't, I don't like being, uh, you know, woke up in, in the midst of a good sleep. And, uh, you know, Jesus, sometimes we forget that he was fully human and fully divine. And uh, the first thing that they ask him is, don't you care about us? It was all he did care about. And it's not changed. When times when I was in Bible college, I wasn't sure he cared about me. But I knew he did. <laughs> I would question it, but I knew he was, he, was, he was watching. You know, that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Uh, the devil came and he just tried to put a little bit of doubt in Adam and Eve's mind that God had a good heart. He tried to question his goodness. And that's still where temptation begins now. We begin to doubt whether he's good. I remember when we were in Bible college, uh, we ate a lot of hot dogs. And uh, I don't, do y'all do that? We, we ate a lot of hot dogs. Uh, Jeff Griffith's family was good friends with theirs. And, and we would gather every once in a while, and they'd bring the beans, we'd bring the hot dogs, you know. It's just it's kind of the way it worked. We did a lot of bonding over hot dogs. And uh, I remember one night we were over on Marlowe Circle where we lived, and uh, and uh, Jeff and Terry and the kids were there, and Kim and myself and our kids were there, and we had the hot dogs. And, and we were kind of having a little sarcastic chat in the kitchen, and it included the idea, I wonder if God's forgot us. <laughs> Somewhere in the conversation, uh, Jeff, my friend, said, you know, it'd really be nice to have some potato chips. I remember we used to have hot dogs, beans, and potato chips when I lived back in Ohio. But you don't see potato chips now, now do you? 
Lord, my witness. About 10 minutes after he made that comment, the phone rang, and it was Brent Cleary. Here's the way he talked. Carrie, it's Brent. Here's another student here. is like a former hell's angel or something. <laughs> you still let those in here? Um, it's amazing that you know, God will answer prayer with a former hell's angel. I, I like that. But he was studying for the ministry at the time. I don't know where he is now. I don't know if he's preaching or in prison. But at the time, he was... <laughs> the time Brent was here, he Carrie! I said, yeah, Brent, what's up? He said, look here. He said, where's that Griffith boy, Jeff? I said, he's standing right here by me. He said, look, I work at Frito-Lay. <laughs> Honest truth. I said, yeah? He said, I got about 40 cases of potato chips <laughs> in my living room. He said, y'all come get some. Now, I don't know if God still works that way out here. That solidified my faith. We went over to Brent's. We cried and laughed the whole way. We tried to explain it to Brent. He didn't get it. But we loaded that car up. I mean, we had Doritos, barbecue, tater chip. We had everything they made down there. And then he stuck in about three boxes of Grandma's chocolate chip cookies. My son's favorite. And we hadn't had any for a while. And he had them in his lunch till they were coming out of the Yazoo. <laughs> to this day, my son calls those grandma chocolate chip cookies Brent cookies. Well, still works. He cares. Every once in a while we would gather in the living room as a family and we had a theme song when we were in Bible college. We will cast all our cares upon you. We will lay all of our burdens down at your feet. And anytime we don't know what to do, we'll just cast all our cares upon you. Because he cares for you. He cares. There's another question. Jesus uh, starts asking a few questions. <laughs> You know Job, you ever read Job's story in, in the Bible? Read it in the message paraphrase. They let you, they, they let you read that here? <laughs> read it in the message paraphrase sometime. You know Job decided he would question God? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I mean, you can question God. I think you can question God. I'm writing a sermon now for the, for the Easter season. Uh, you know, Jesus on the cross said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't say, Oh God, oh God, what do you think you're doing? There's a big difference in those two questions. I think you can question God, but when you do, get ready for him to ask a few questions of his own. <laughs> it's kind of like the church I interviewed for, and I've been there almost 11 years now. They interviewed me till 10 p.m., wore me out, asked me everything they could ask me except my blood type. And when they were done, they said, well, we're done. I said, done? Uh, when do I get to interview you? I had a few questions, and I'm glad I asked them. It worked. And uh, we're still there. But when you begin to ask God some questions, he's going to ask you some. And the first question he asked was, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? 
what are you fearful of? You know those little yellow signs back in the 70s that we used to plug in the back of our window that said, baby on board? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I saw one one time, it said, it said mother-in-law in trunk. <laughs> but um, every once in a while in my mind, when the storm's underway, uh, I see that little yellow sign f flashing in my mind. It says, Jesus on board. I mean, the Prince of Peace is on board your boat. Why are you afraid? They just didn't know who he was. You know, that breaks the heart of Jesus every time in Scripture. If you want to see Jesus cry, you go find the places he cried. He cried when he came to Mary and Martha's. says, Jesus wept. I think I know why he wept in part. Because they still didn't know who he was. He was the resurrection and the life, and they still didn't get it. I believe that broke the heart of Jesus. You know, on Palm Sunday when Jesus came in, he wept. And I think he wept because they're waving their palm branches. You know what that's a symbol of? A political leader. And Jesus wept. They still didn't get the purpose of why he was here. And I think that when we do not know who he is, it breaks his heart. There's an old song, an old secular song, that every once in a while I can hear Christ singing it to me. I'm a little weird, but it, it helps me. If you don't know me by now, you will never, never know me. He's been so faithful. I mean, I ought to know him. Why are you afraid? And sometimes I still get afraid, but it doesn't last for long because I know him. God is love, and perfect love casts out all fear. The next question, where is your faith? <laughs> I've asked myself that a few times. Where is your faith? It's a good question for God to ask us. If you go to Hebrews, you'll learn that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And uh, we've got to have a faith that's working. And on this day, I mean, I think what Jesus really wanted was to wake up and see Peter on the bow of that boat with his fist in the storm. <laughs> Saying, don't you know who's trying to get a nap on this boat? <laughs> Is that a stretch? I mean, he was always in somebody's face. But if he'd have just got up on the bow of that vessel, and just shook his fist at the wind and the waves and said, be quiet, the master's trying to sleep. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, where's your faith? You had to wake me up to handle this? <laughs> oh, how long do I have to live with these people? <laughs> Last question. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. <laughs> well, he's a good one to have on board, isn't he? I've had some wind and waves in my life. I don't know about you, but it's good to have him on board. He brings assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
and in his presence. That's my number one prayer. Lord, just don't withdraw your Holy Spirit from me. Brother Baldwin, one day, he, we came into class, and he had a brokenness about him. We didn't know what was up, but we knew we were getting ready to hear something. And with tears in his eyes, he said, my heart is broken. He said, I remember days on this campus when I couldn't get through the hallway for prayer meetings. He said, my heart's grieved, and I believe God's is. He said, everybody on your knees. And we were learning Hebrew prophets, <laughs> and he fit the bill. And he shook that finger at us. He said, on your knees, he said, we are going to pray until we touch the heart of God. And I will never forget what he prayed. He prayed, Lord, do not withdraw your Holy Spirit from us. I still pray that frequently. In his presence, that's where we belong. In his presence all day long and all night too. I just don't want to lose his presence. Well, we left the hook of the cape that day. And dad looked at us and he said, Let's go home. In the middle of the back sound, we came into a squall like I have never witnessed, and I am the son of a fisherman. We had our whole family there in the cabin, and we all had our eyes fastened in the same place. We were fastened on the captain, my dad. Graying by now, wrinkles in his face, hands worn and tired from pulling nets. Before I came over, I took a look at those apostle pictures in the, in the administrative building. My dad could have posed for several of them. And he stood in the wheelhouse with his hand on the spokes. And I looked around and every eye of the family was fastened on him. He had such peace. And we were all panicking. He was our great eye of the storm. He had the radar going like this. We could not see 12 feet in front of the vessel. Dad was smiling. He lived for days like this. He's a little bit crazy. And he's a little bit rock and roll, you know. And he was standing there holding the wheel. Lightning was striking all around. My three and a half month old was screaming to the top of his lungs. There was a lot of fear, but there was none in dad. About an hour later, he pulled that vessel into the harbor. His three sons, with tears in our eyes, all of us, we were so proud to have him on board. Were we glad that he hadn't said, you all take the boat, you've been over there before, you can get it there and drop anchor, it's a pretty day. Whew. 
were we glad that he had accompanied us on this particular trip. He put the rope over the pylon. We unloaded our family. And then it hit me. Dad had spoken his will before we ever left the hook of the cape. He didn't say, let's go to the center of the sound and drown. He said, let's go home. <laughs> I had missed it. <laughs> In closing, look at verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. He spoke his will. They missed it. He didn't say, let's go to the center of the Sea of Galilee and drown. He said, let us go to the other side. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. Be encouraged. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Father God, you are our great I am of the storm. And you have called us. And there's those here tonight who maybe came into this place tonight with a little bit of a doubt that you have a good heart. Maybe questioning, does Jesus even care? Speak, Lord. Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? And let us be awestruck by the way the wind and the waves still listen to your voice. Don't withdraw your Holy Spirit from us. We need you in the center of our lives. We need you at the wheel. And one day, with tears of joy in our eyes, the old ship of Zion <laughs> will make its final dockage <laughs> until then. Let us keep our eyes fastened on the one on board, Jesus, who says, I believe still today, let us go over to the other side. I think we're going to have a song. If you just want to pray, uh, you can come and kneel. There's no pressure, just pleasure. <laughs> no obligation, just opportunity to kneel in His presence and to just be reminded that He can be trusted. Pastor Joseph Stoner, who's been with me for 10 years as worship pastor, he wrote a song. It's part of my life.
One of the lines in that song says, Trust in you is easy, for you're so trustworthy. <laughs> oh, if you want to get a hold of that tonight, just get a new, get a new grip on that rope of the boat that says trust in him is easy for he's so trustworthy. I just invite you to come and kneel. And if you don't need to kneel, that's fine too. I don't need you to kneel. <laughs> but in his presence, we are changed. And I have no doubt he's here. He came with me. <laughs> and I'm sure he came with you. you as I did uh, continue to pray if you pray and just stay right there um, let's stand those who are remaining and uh, I heard a Jewish rabbi talking about uh, the Old Testament blessing of the priest he said that in the Old Testament times, and maybe they still do it today in Judaism, I'm not sure, but he said the priest would come before the people at the close of the gathering, and he would stand with his hands lifted like this. I know what you're thinking. Our only reference point is Star Trek. But Leonard Nimoy knew what this meant, and he kind of borrowed it. But this sign of the Jewish priests represented the Shekinah glory of God. 
And he would just stand before the people. And he would pray a blessing that you've heard, no doubt. It's in Numbers chapter 6. And I want to just pray it tonight. And if you want to receive the blessing, that's what a benediction is supposed to be, a blessing. Uh, I want in on it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Praise God. You can be dismissed. And those who need to pray, continue. And it's so good to see Ron Attic sitting back there. The man does not age.